What's up guys, welcome to episode 2 of Taylor Talks Boxing, a new boxing podcast brought to you by The Fight Site. And today we're going to be previewing the 2021 Tokyo Olympic Games, so taking a look at the different weight classes, who to watch out for and who's most likely to medal. So this is actually the second time that I've recorded this episode in the last couple of days. The reason being that less than 24 hours ago, there was some breaking news that Keyshawn Davis, uh, an American 22-year-old who is considered one of the best amateur boxers in the world right now, has decided to make the switch to turn professional. He'll be competing on the undercard of Canelo Yildirim in Florida. So this has big implications for the light welterweight division where he competed because Keyshawn was seen as realistically one of two fighters at that weight who would realistically have a chance of winning gold. So I wanted to make sure that all my info was up to date ahead of this preview and um, just generally be on top of things. So without further ado, I'm going to crack on. Uh, I'm going to try and make this video uh, podcast a little bit shorter than the one I did the other day, um, which overran to about 70 minutes or so. Um, so hopefully make it a little more brief. So we're going to be kicking off with the flyweight division. Flyweight is, first and foremost, wide open. Uh, that's the first thing to say here. It's one of the deepest divisions in amateur boxing right now. There's plenty of guys who have a really good chance of uh, of taking gold, and we could very well see an upset on the card. There are some real dark horses in this division. So the two standout guys are 2016 Olympic champion and 2019 world champion Shakhobedin Zoyrov of Uzbekistan. So he's the defending uh, Olympic champion. And Zoyrov will be looking to double up on his Olympic gold from nearly five years ago now. Um, alongside Zoyrov, we have Amit Pangal of India. So Amit's had a really meteoric rise in amateur boxing the last couple of years. So he started off as a decent, you know, a decent fighter and stuff, but didn't look truly elite. Uh, but he's really come along leaps and bounds since. So he lost to uh, Hassan Boy Duzmatov of Uzbekistan, who was the 2016 Olympic champion and um, Val Barker trophy winner for most outstanding boxer pound for pound at the Olympics uh, at light flyweight. So Hassan Boyd, Dusmatov, really top, top amateur. And he lost to Dusmatov in the 2017 World Championships, but he came roaring back and got two wins over him following that. So he's really come along as a fighter. Um, I believe he handed Dzmatov his last loss as an amateur. So Dzmatov has switched to the pros now. Um, but he, yeah, he's really proven himself and, and stepped up to that next level. Um, he won the Asian Championships back in 2019 and had a really strong run at the World Championships. So uh, got to the final where he lost a close one to Zoyrov. But Amit's definitely going to be one of the guys who, alongside Zoyrov, are, are the two standout favourites. But that doesn't mean that they're guaranteed to win. Um, as we'll see in some other divisions, the, the, there's a considerable distance between the favourites and the rest of the pack because flyweight is really deep. So there's a lot of guys who could potentially upset the apple cart and may have a shot of gaining gold um, and upsetting Zorov or Amit respectively. So one of these guys in particular is um, Fitisam Pammot of Thailand. Now I'm not saying he's the most likely out of the dark horses, but he's definitely one to pay attention to. So Pammot won the Youth Olympics, uh, I think it was 2018. So he's very young, um, but he got a massive win in 2020 over Zoyrov um, in the uh, Asia slash Oceania Olympic qualifying tournament. So he, he upset Zoyrov by a close 2-1 decision um, in the semi-finals of that qualifying tournament. Huge win for the young man. And uh, he's definitely one to look out for, not just in the um, Olympics, but his pro career as well. He's got a very pro-ready style and I enjoy watching him a lot. The uh, the one question mark is with, with Pammot, and I would recommend you guys watching this actually, um, is in the Olympic qualifying event final, he fought another one of the dark horses, uh, Hu Zhangguan of China. Uh, so who's been around for a while now? Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a, a who's that pun there, uh, but I'm not going to be the man to make it, although I kind of just did. <laughs> um it's one of the strangest fights I've seen. Me and Lukash, one of my co uh, my colleagues at the fight site, we watched this, and it's absolutely bizarre. Um, so he gets stopped in in the first, I think it's like first second, thirty seconds of the first round, um, like really early, basically, by um, by Zhang Guanhu. But 
it doesn't actually the the blow that he gets knocked down by doesn't actually seem to land clean. It's more of like a slap uh, a slap to the back of the head. It's like a phantom punch. It's a really bizarre lock knockdown. No idea what happened really. Still can't figure it out myself. Um, potentially just an equilibrium shot where he's caught him on the ear and he's just off balance. But it's it's definitely a weird one. I'd recommend checking it out. Actually, it's on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, Pam Mott obviously has that huge win over the reigning world champion. And he's one to look out for. Now, I'm not saying he's necessarily going to take gold, but he's definitely a dark horse. Alongside him, we have the aforementioned Zhang Guanghu. So, who's been around the block? Um, he, he's getting on quite a lot now. He's, he's been around the game. This is his second Olympics. And he has had some huge wins of his own. Um, so, he won the Olympic qualifying tournament in Asia, uh, as I just mentioned. And he also got a big, big win over Amit Pangal, who we also talked about. So who's really started to come of come in his own? He's tall for the weight, he's big for the weight, and uh, he has a real chance of upsetting the apple cart and, and having a really strong run in Tokyo. As well as that, we have the Kazakh Sarkin Bibosinov. So Bibosinov got bronze in the uh, the World Championships back in 2019. Um, and he, he's a good fighter. He's 29 now, so he's no spring chicken. He's been around the block for a while. Um, and... He's only really lost to the top, top guys. So he lost to Amit uh, in the semifinals of the World Championships and also lost to Zhang Guanhu um, in, the, in the Asia tournament that I, I mentioned uh, a second ago. More recently, he's only... Um, he's only... Re he's been on a bit of a streak, uh, but he lost very recently to Mahmoud Sabir Khan, um, of Kazakhstan, who's a very young man um, starting out his career. So he's, I believe he's only 19, but he's one to watch for the future. So um, Bibosinov will still be the guy representing Kazakhstan at flyweight, but um, it's worth mentioning that Sabir Khan beat him um, in Kazakhstan, and he's definitely one to watch out for in the years to come. So does Bibosinov have a realistic chance of, uh, of winning? in Tokyo? I would say no, but he's got some good wins. Um, he beat Bilal Benama, who was his fellow uh, world championship bronze medalist. Um, that year he beat him. And he's also got some good ones over Yubigen uh, Martinez, who um, who took Olympic bronze back in Rio in 20, 2016. So he's beaten a lot of good guys and he's only really lost to the elite. I don't necessarily think he'll get gold, but he's another one who's very likely to get a medal. Um, he's a strong fighter and a real threat to a lot of the guys in the divisions. He's one of the, you know, the better fighters in the division. As well as that, we've got the enigma that is Josvani Vettia, uh, the Cuban 2017 world champion. Now, if you've watched Vettia, he's a frustrating one because he's talented. He's probably one of the lesser, least talented fighters on the on the Cuban national boxing team. Um, but he's a bit hit and miss. So he can be really good, like he was in 2017 when he won the World Championship, but he can also be really frustrating. So he's had some unlucky exits at the Olympics, um, arguably got robbed against Zoshi Ming back in uh, back in 2012. Uh, Veti is one of those guys where he, yeah, he, he has a bit of discipline issues. Um, and this is kind of highlighted actually by the fact that he, only recently returned from suspension to the, the Cuban national boxing team. So he had some issues making weight uh, and he was suspended from the team, team given disciplinary action. And he looked really poor at the 2019 World Championships. So didn't medal despite being the top seed. Lost to Great Britain's Galawia fight, but he had a horrid tournament, Betia. Um, in the first round, he was he was matched up against Mohamed uh, Flissy, which is a tough one because Flissy's uh, an amateur world silver medalist himself um, and you know it's a tough one to have in your prelims but you know he was lucky to get through that um, he had two points docked in that fight uh, scraped by uh, a close decision and then upset by a Galawia fight in the next round so yeah it's uh, Vetti is one of those guys when he's on he's good but he's not always on um, but hopefully uh, he gets back to his best uh, in time for Tokyo so there was the Cuban National Selection, Selection Tournament recently, um, and Vettia won that at, uh, at Flyweight, and he looked good doing it. So he beat Damien Arc, or Arce, um, Arce, 
who's actually ranked ahead of him right now in the the international amateur rankings at flyweight. So at the time, Vettia had dropped to number 10. Arce, Arc was uh, number seven, and he got an impressive win there. Um, so hopefully he's got back to his best or something close to it. And we see him, you know, as close to uh, his best as possible. It would definitely make for a more interesting prospect in the division. Do I think he can win gold? When he's on, he's good enough to, yeah. But um, it, it, as we'll see with a couple of the other Cubans, he's a bit of a, it, they're a bit of wild cards, these Cubans, because sometimes, you know, they're all so naturally gifted, but other things such as discipline and laziness can get in the way. Um, alongside Vettia, we've got Rodrigo Marte. Uh, now, Marte's another one I feel really sorry for. So in 2019, Marte won the Pan American uh, Championships at Flyweight. He beat Vettia in the final. It was a good fight. And Marte, uh, who's from the Dominican Republic, I should add, is actually a really good fighter. He got really unlucky in the 2019 World Championships. So Zoyrov, because he hadn't fought in amateur boxing for a while since he since he won the Olympics, he was actually unseeded going into that tournament. Uh, so Marte, who was the number four seed, got put in with Zoyrov in the prelims, um, which is a horrible, horrible fight to have in your in your first bout. Um, and Zorov won fair and square, but it didn't necessarily, I think, reflect the ability of Marte, um, who often now be considered an afterthought because of his you know, mediocre run at the uh, at the Worlds. But Marte's really gifted, uh, wasn't a fluke over Vettia when he won. He's a talented young man um, and another dark horse to potentially medal. So predictions for this particular division are tough to make. Um, you wouldn't bet against Zoyrov. But there are plenty of guys who could unseat him. Uh, same, and Amit has a real good chance of winning gold himself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit on the fence until I've seen a bit more from the guys um, at this weight, because until then uh, I want to base it a bit off of form. And Amit's looked really good, and even Zhang Guanhu, who's you know beaten some top top guys in the last year slash two years, um, even he has the potential to have a really strong run. We could uh, we could very well uh, see a bit of an upset of the apple cart here. Gun to my head, I'd, I'd probably lean Zoyarov, um, but he's not infallible. As, as I said, he lost to Pam Mott last year, um, and on their day, anyone can beat anyone in this division. It's, it's a really deep division, so it's definitely one to keep an eye out for, and I'd recommend definitely checking out Flyweight when the Olympics roll around. So anyway, moving on next to featherweight. Featherweight's another one that's a really interesting division, um, and there are there are two front front runners, but there are a number of guys who could also potentially um, be ones to watch out for. So first and foremost, we have the reigning world champion at featherweight. We have Mirzizbek Mirzakalilov of Uzbekistan, and right behind him we have the veteran Lazaro Alvarez of Cuba. Alvarez has been around the block. So this is his third Olympic Games. So he was there in 2012. He was there in 2016. And both times he took bronze. Um, so in 2012, he lost to Ireland's John Joe Nevin. And 2016, he lost to Robson Konsachow. So Alvarez is looking to go one better in Tokyo. And I actually thought he was unlucky not to uh, beat Mats Kalilov in the World Championship final when they met in 2019. So the fight itself got stopped on a cut um, towards the end of the second round, but it was given to Merksakalilov. Um, I thought Alvarez deserved the nod. He had uh, he won the opening round, uh, in my opinion, far more decisively than Merksakalilov won the second round. Um, so it ended up going on judges' criteria, and uh, they gave Merksakalilov the nod. To be fair to Merksakalilov, he did look like he was coming on. Um, it's a bit of his trademark, really, the way he'll he can be outboxed early um but he'll he's a relentless guy um the pressure and the the fitness is absolutely relentless um and he always has these late surges where he puts it on guys um a good example of this is the olympic qualifying tournament so he fought the kazakh uh, temir temirjanov and early on temirjanov was frustrating maxikalilov um giving him some real issues but Mirsikhalilov began to, began to wear him down and put daylight between the two. Um, it was a really impressive performance, and it sums up what Mirsikhalilov is all about. Um, 
he can be outboxed, as I said, but it's difficult to live with him because of how fit he is um, and the output and the pace he sets is, is just something that a lot of guys can't handle. So those two are the two front runners. Um, and as well as that, we have Great Britain's Pete McGrail, um, who took bronze in the World Championships back in 2019. McGrail was actually quite unlucky, could have gone either way in his semi-final bout with Alvarez. Um, and he's really talented. I think he's a a real good sh- shout for meddling. Um, he's a talented young man, one of the best British uh, amateur boxers, one of the three best ones that will be representing us in Tokyo. Um, as well as that, we have a couple of other guys. Um, so as I mentioned, Timijanov uh, gave Mertzkalov a good fight. I think he would not personally. I don't think he'll med- uh, get gold, but he could well medal if he got a, a decent enough draw. And there's a there's a couple of other guys surrounding the uh, the division. There's the young Russian Albert Batigasiev. So Batigasiev, unfortunately, uh, he's turned pro now, and we won't be seeing him in Tokyo. Uh, it's a shame because he was one of those guys. He's, he's a young man, and I was really excited to be watching him and hopefully seeing him have a bit of an extended amateur career. But he's made the switch, uh, which means that we lose. A guy who's uh, not likely to win gold, but could have given some of the top order some interesting fights, the young Russian. That's Albert Batyagasiev, um, one to watch out for in the future. There's also Venezuela's Yol Finol, who uh, is actually the 2016 Olympic silver medalist. So originally he was the bronze medalist, but Mikhail Aloyan of Russia was stripped of his medal after testing positive for banned substances. So Finol was upgraded to, to silver medalist. He's a good fighter, um, beat Britain's Muhammad Ali en route to the silver medal in Rio 2016. And the permanently underrated Chachai Butdi. So Chachai Butdi is one of those fighters who you probably haven't heard of, but he always, always gives guys a tough fight um, in the amateurs. I think he's really unlucky because he's been screwed over a lot by uh, by decisions, so he um, he arguably should have got further than he did in the World Championships in 2019. He lost a very questionable split decision to Kyra Yerilayev uh, of Kazakhstan, um, and there's a couple of others where he realistically could very well have advanced, but was uh, was given unfavorable results. We'll say. Um, same thing happened in, uh, in Rio in 2016, uh, when he lost to Vladimir Nikitin, uh, the Russian who famously got that controversial victory over Michael Conlon of Ireland. So, but D is someone to watch out for. He can give guys, um, a really tough test on their, on his day. Um, like he's definitely one not to look over. So he beat Britain's, uh, case Ashfak in, in Rio. Uh, I've just butchered his first name, but if you know who I mean, you know who I mean. Um, and he, he's getting on now, but D, so this will be his last Olympics. Um, he's 35 now. But he's I, I enjoy watching him, and he's always good value to watch um, and, and has a good chance of you know maybe getting an upset um, or giving some of the guys uh, a difficult fight. So unfortunately, with this division, um, as I mentioned in on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter, um, one of the top guys in the division was a guy called Duke Reagan. Um, an American, and in 2017, he took silver at the World Championships, should have realistically took gold, so he lost to Kairat Yerilayev um, in in Hamburg that year, but he won, realistically, um, should have gotten the nod, so should be a world champion. Now, sadly, Reagan uh, missed out, he's missed out on Tokyo, so he was injured for a lot of 2019, which is why he didn't compete in the World Championships. Uh, returned from injury for the Olympic qualifiers, but unfortunately his brother passed away just in the build-up to the qualifying tournament. And he wasn't able to, um, whether it was a combination of that and you know still recovering from injury, he wasn't able to perform to his best. Um, and he was upset and, and um, failed, to make, failed to qualify for the... Uh, the US team ahead of Tokyo, which is a real shame because he'd have been a real good uh, fighter in the division had a, and would have had a real chance to uh, to medal, potentially even challenge for gold. Um, he's that good. We also lost another top, top uh, American featherweight, 
Mark Castro, who unfortunately in the qualifying tournament, he fell ill just before, uh, so he couldn't compete. He had to pull out, um, which was a real shame because that's another one of the big American hopes um, that unfortunately we won't be able to see in Tokyo. So the American who is now representing um, Team USA at featherweight is Bruce Carrington, a good fighter, uh, but realistically, he's not going to be challenging for gold. He could potentially medal if he gets a favourable run, but he's not particularly tested on the international level that much, mainly because where Reagan and Castro um, have been the top dogs in the division, he hasn't really been able to unseat them and, and get a place in those international tournaments. Uh, when he has, though, when he has stepped up, um, he did okay in the Pan Ams. He took bronze. Um, and then he also lost a comfortable decision to Lazaro, Lazaro Alvarez in Nicaragua. I believe it was in 2019. So when he has fought the elite in the division, he has lost. Um, I like I like Bruce, um, but I don't realistically see him meddling um, or getting gold at least. He might well medal. Um, it depends on the draw. And as we found out yesterday, um, the top guys can change in, and the landscape of the division can change in an instant, um, especially where there's delays for Tokyo. Guys turning pro and whatever, opportunities do present themselves. So we'll see. But he's one to watch out for. He's the American uh, representative at 57 kilograms. So I don't necessarily want to make a, a prediction straight away, um, but I would lean so so as I said Mertz Kalilov and Alvarez are the front runners can Alvarez finally get over the hump and go uh, go further than he did in the last two Olympics finally catch up that elusive gold which is the only um, major honor that's missing from his glittering career I'm gonna pick Alvarez I think Lazaro Alvarez may finally get over the hump he if he meets Mertz Kalilov He'll have a tough time. But as I mentioned, Mertz Kalilov can be outboxed. It's the pace he sets that kills you. He's going to um, grind you down and tire you out. And Alvarez may not be able to withstand it. But I think he could potentially take the first two rounds and then hang on to get a, uh, a decision. But that's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, and I think Pete McGraw has a really good chance of meddling. I like his chances. Um, but he could potentially... He, he, like run into a bit of trouble with the likes of Chachai Bhatti, who I mentioned. Um, there's a couple of banana skins along the way. So moving on from featherweight, we are going to light welter. So this is the division of the moment, mainly because we've had some, uh, as, I, as I mentioned, some changing circumstances uh, the last couple of days, where Keyshawn Davis, who was the consensus number two in the division, realistically, it, it was Andy Cruz, uh, the world champion, the reigning world champion, and arguably the pound for pound best fighter in amateur boxing at the minute, and Keyshawn Davis. They were they were one and two, and then it was everyone else, right? Um, they were above everyone else, and those two were the guys where you could pretty much pencil in a Cruz Davis final. Um, but sadly, Keyshawn Davis has decided to make the switch to the pro ranks. Um, he was taken out of the Team USA boxing squad earlier this week. He was he was uh, dropped from the squad. They didn't comment on why he was dropped but um, he signed a professional contract now and he is not going to be taking part in Tokyo. It's a massive shame, uh, a huge shame because I was really excited to, to see another installment of Cruz Davis. Um, he's a really special talent, Keyshawn Davis. I love watching him and he's he's got a lot of ability uh, and I think he's a, he's a future world champion in the pros. He looks to me like he'll be the next um, American big thing. So after, you know, London 2012 and whatever, um, Errol Spence came along. Then it was Shakur Stevenson in 2016 at Rio, in Rio. Um, and I think this year it is going to be Keyshawn Davis, Mark Castro and, and Duke Reagan. So, yeah, it's a bit of a bummer. Um, and it, it hurts the division because the division wasn't particularly strong. There's a lot of good guys in the division, but like, no one was really on Cruz's level. And Davis ran Cruz fairly close in the Pan American Games final in 2019 and the World Championships final in uh, 2019 as well. So he lost both times, Davis, but he gave Cruz a good fight and a, and a real ask questions of him, um, which you can't really say for many other people in the division um, because Cruz is just that good. So yeah, it's a bummer. And 
it ends up leaving us with it's very very unlikely that Cruz does not take gold in Tokyo um, he's probably my most confident pick out of anyone in amateur boxing at the minute if anyone's going to take gold he's the surest bet there's still other good guys in the division um, but they're not quite on on Andy Cruz's level I'm afraid so now with Davis gone um, the the two other guys who I would say potentially have the ability to challenge um, Cruz is Sofian Umeha, so the 2016 Olympic silver medalist and 2017 world championship gold medalist, world champion uh, at lightweight. So he's moved up to 63 kg light welter now. Um, and Umeha, he's a good fighter. Um, you know, he's, he's beaten some good opponents and stuff. He was pretty thoroughly outclassed by Davis in the 2019 World Championships. Um, he did get a win over Cruz, but it was pure bullshit. Um, it was an absolute bollocks win. Um, it was in, it took place in France, and it was you know some real home-cooking judging. There's no way he won that fight. Um, and I wouldn't pick him to beat Cruz if they were to meet in Tokyo. As well as Umeha, uh, but now with Davis gone, um, and Hovhans Bakchikov, the Armenian uh, pressure fighter, he's also turned pro. Uh, and to the best of my knowledge, I don't believe he'll be competing in Tokyo either. So it started to open up, and Umeha has a real chance of getting bronze, I think. Um, potentially even silver. You know, as I said, I don't think he's going to get gold, but there is a really good chance that he um, will medal now because of the fact that um, the, the division has really opened up with Davis leaving, as well as Bachkov. So alongside Umeha, we have Dmitry Asenau, of Belarus. Asenel was a really interesting one. So he's actually one of the last guys to beat Andy Cruz. Um, he beat him at the uh, the 2015 World Championships in uh, in Doha, and it was uh, it was a controversial one. So as I said, he he beat Cruz in Doha, but he didn't really. It was a tight, controversial decision. I scored it for Cruz, um, and Cruz has improved since then a lot. Um, he was a damn good fighter then, and he's gotten better and better and gone from strength to strength. I can't really see uh, Asenal beating him uh, this time around if they were to meet again. But he's another one of the guys like Umaha who will likely medal. Um, I think Asenal has a really good chance of meddling. Um, so yeah, outside of them guys, um, there's a couple of others. There's Elnur Abdurayimov of Uzbekistan. Uh, Elner is now a professional, but he'll be competing in the Olympics. He's a good fighter, but he's flawed, and I don't think he's particularly well suited to amateur boxing. Um, in the Olympic qualifying tournament in uh, in Asia, he got he he won, so he won in the final, and had a really great fight against Kazakhstan's Zakir Safiolin, um, who's a veteran who's been around the block for a long while now. You know, a, a real veteran of the amateur game. I don't think he deserved the the nod in that one. Um, I think Zakir deserved to to beat Elner, but it is what it is. Um, and realistically, as I like Abdurayimov, but he's not going to be beating Cruz. Um, but he's someone who could definitely challenge for bronze. Um, and I think it will end up looking like, uh, depending on the draw, it will end up looking like Dmitry Asenal, Umeha and Abdurayimov very well could round out the, uh, the podium places. Abdurayimov might even get upset along the way. Um, he didn't look great against Zakir and I could potentially see someone, uh, maybe like Ilya Popov of Russia, who's young um, and, and lost to Andy Cruz in the 2019 World Championships, but maybe even he uh, might be able to sneak on the on the podium. So yeah, it's basically Andy Cruz and everyone else in that division, which is a shame, but you know it is what it is um, and it'll be great to see him in action. I, th I think... If the Val Barker trophy for most outstanding boxer at the Games is is judged correctly, Cruz realistically will probably end up winning it. Uh, unless Julio Cesala Cruz, um, who's now competing at heavyweight, does something spectacular. Um, I think Cruz is the, Andy Cruz is the best amateur boxer in the world right now. And yeah, I can't really see anything other than a, a, a good win for him. Um, now that Davis is out, uh, as I mentioned, it's, it's actually quite interesting. Someone asked me, is um, Tito Mercado uh, going to be filling in as the US boxing alternate? The answer is no, um, he won't. So it's going to be Charlie or Charles Sheehy. Sheehy, I don't know how to pronounce that. But he's the American alternate. 
um, Mercado actually saw that Davis was representing America and decided to compete for Nicaragua. Um, but he's a good fighter, Mercado. Uh, has a good has a chance as well of having quite a deep run, um, but he's not beating Cruz. Um, that's for sure. And Charles Sheehy, or whatever his name is, um, I haven't watched loads of him, so I, I don't have much of a strong opinion, but I'm assuming um, he, he'll be a good fighter, but I'm not expend, expecting him to be a breakout star and upset the apple cart, really. So anyway, moving on to welterweight now. Now, this one is open. This is real open, and I think there's a really good chance of, for any of our British fans out there who are listening right now, uh, of... Great Britain's uh, Pat McCormack taking gold. So Pat, if you're familiar with him, he took silver at the 2019 World Championships. um, And he's definitely going to be the big hope for gold um, amongst the the Brits. So uh, he lost in the 2019 final to Andrei Zamkovoy of Russia, uh, who's who's a bit of a veteran. Well, he is a veteran. He's been around for ages now, Zamkovoy. Um, He... Back in the 2009 World Championships, it was, um, Zamkovoy took silver. Um, and then, obviously, he went one better 10 years later in, in his native Russia. Um, I think he's a good fighter, uh, Zamkovoy. I think he benefits a lot from the fact that he's awkward as hell. Um, he's so, so, so boring to watch. But he's, he's just awkward, you know, he's a, he's a pretty basic fighter, but a, a lot of one-twos and stuff, but he's very awkward, um, hard, hard man to look good against. Uh, he's he's going to be another one of the favourites to take gold. Um, and as well as them guys, there is Ronil Iglesias of, of Cuba. Iglesias has been around the block for, he's another one, a bit like Zamkovoy, he's a real veteran, um, been around for forever now. Um and he's going to so so Iglesias um hasn't looked too great in the last uh, couple of years he's really getting on now he's so he's 32 which may not sound old to you um but in amateur boxing years you know he's one of the grand old men of Cuban boxing he took gold at light welterweight in in 2012 and and bronze so this is actually his um his fourth olympics so he he competed in Beijing as well um, so he's really had quite a long career. Um, he's a good fighter, Iglesias, but I think realistically uh, his best days are behind him. And he got upset by Zamkovoy in the 2019 World Championships. And also, more recently, um, he won the Cuban National Selection Tournament uh, at the start of this year, so January 2021. He beat the perennially underrated Kevin Haler-Brown in the final, but it was a it was a tight split decision. And that's a really good win because Kevin Brown is a really good fighter. Um, doesn't obviously get the respect of some of the other Cubans, mainly because he's competed in divisions with Andy Cruz and couldn't break onto the team because Cruz always, you know, had the better of him, apart from one occasion. Um, you know, he's one of those guys who's a really good domestic opponent, um, and challenging these guys for their spots on the Cuban team. So yeah, it's a good win, but I don't realistically think Iglesias is going to is going to take gold this time, but he is one of the favorites. I think he'll get quite far. Um I could see him taking like bronze. Um uh, as I mentioned previously, it depends on the draw though. Everything depends on the draw. Um because where circumstances are changing and stuff, you could have a potentially quality fighter who's unseeded. So the ARBA aren't seeding, uh, doing the seeding for Tokyo. Um, it's up to the Olympic Committee. And I don't trust the seeding. <laughs> so we could well see these, like Zamkovoy or McCormack, meet, oh, pardon me, Iglesias early on, um, earlier than you'd hope at least. So yeah, um, I think, as I said, Iglesias is a good fighter and stuff, but he, he's not been the force he was um, in years prior uh, at welterweight. Um, he, he took silver in the 2017 World Championships, lost uh, a tight one to Shakram Giyasov of Uzbekistan. Um, but I think the divisions moved past him a little bit. So who else is there at welterweight? Well, there is uh, Abilkhan Jusupov, uh, or Chusabov, I can't pronounce it, of Kazakhstan. So Chusupov is one of those guys who he's only really lost to the elite of the division, uh, Ablai Khan, but he's a, 
he's a good fighter. He's 24, so he's not particularly old. And he is the kind of guy I could imagine who would take bronze. I don't necessarily think he's going to get gold, mainly because when he's fought the best in the division, he's just came up short. But he's, uh, he's certainly one of the guys to watch out for and may very well spring an upset and, and go further than we think. I expect him to have a deep run. Um, so Jusabov's only real losses, um, as, I, as I mentioned, were against the, the best guys in the, uh, in the division. Oh, I had, I had notes on his, um, I had notes on his record. But uh, I, I can't for the life of me remember. I'm going to have to try and freestyle it. Uh, remember who he remember who he fought. So back in the 2019 World Championships, he were didn't make it in the um, semi final. He lost out in the semi final to the eventual gold medalist uh, Zamkovoy. But he's uh, he's one of those guys, Jusupov, who, as I said, is usually just that level below the elite. Um, in the last couple of fights, I think it was Vikas Krishan of India. He lost two by split division, uh, decision. And he's got some good wins over guys like uh, Wusichai Masuk, who's a bit like Chachai Bhatti, um, an underrated guy in that division, um, is, is Masuk. Uh, but I don't necessarily see him taking gold. There's also Bobo Uzman uh, Baturov of Uzbekistan. McCormack beat him in the semi-finals of the World Championships back in 2019. I do not like Baturov's style. Um, he is not great to watch. He's very crude. Um, he's quite wild. Um, and he's he's one of the least technical out of the Uzbeks. Um, there was actually the potential. So he had a fight with 2017 World Champion uh, and silver medalist in, in Rio, um, Shakram Girsov. They they gave uh, they let Batorov represent Uzbekistan, even though um, from what I heard, Giasov got the better of the fight. I don't see Batorov winning gold. Um, I think he's too wild, and against a technically sound boxer, I think he can be outboxed and, and frustrated, which is what McCormack did when they met in Russia. Um, but he's definitely someone who could potentially medal. This is a really open division. Um, at the end of the day, there's also the American hope Delante Johnson. Johnson's okay. He's not quite at that level though. Um, he won't be take. He won't be challenging for gold. Whenever he's fought one of the division's better guys, he's fallen short. Um, I'd say he's a level below the likes of Jusupov, and Jusupov is a level below the likes of McCormack uh, and and Zamkovoy. So yeah, I think um, it's a really interesting division. It's not necessarily deep, but it's quite open. And there's also the uh, Sewan Retz Okazawa, who's the home favourite. Um, so he's Japanese, and he gave McCormack a really tough fight in the 2019 World Championships. He's one to watch out for. Out of the guys representing Japan, I think he's the most likely to medal. I wouldn't favour him to medal, but he's definitely good enough to spring an upset or two along the way. Um, and I like watching Okazawa. Um as I said, he, he gave a really good account of himself in Russia, and he's he's getting on now. He's a bit of a veteran, um, but he, he's a fine fighter. And with a division as open as this, you know, anything can happen. Don't be surprised if we see some surprise medalists. Moving on to middleweight. Middleweight's another one that's interesting, um, and a lot of that interest rests on whether or whether or not, uh, or whether or not, Israel Madrimov of Uzbekistan is going to be there in Tokyo competing. So Madrimov's in his pro career right now. Um, you know he's coming along nicely. He's an up and coming prospect who I'm sure quite a few of you have heard of and or know about. Um, but I know that his family back home in Uzbekistan are very keen on him to compete in the Olympics. Um, his mother in particular. And I believe that the general inclination is that he is going to be doing so. He is going to be competing in the Olympics, uh, which is very good news because it makes this division, which is a really good division, um, even more competitive. I like that a lot, um, and he'd be a great inclusion. So the the, the favourite at middleweight is Alexander Kizniak of the Ukraine, who for many years now has been considered the pound-for-pound pound number one in amateur boxing Um He's not as good as Andy Cruz, but he's um, he was for a while uh, considered the number one. So Kizniak is an all-out pressure fighter. He is relentless. The guy is a tank. 
doesn't stop throwing, constant, constant pressure, comes forward behind a high guard, cuts off the ring, just does not let up at all. Um, can be outboxed if you have good lateral movement, as we saw when he fought Julio Cesaro Cruz in the WSB. Um, but he's not going to go away quietly. He's going to stay on you and put it on you for you know, all of nine minutes. He's the rightful favourite as well. So in 2017, he was the world champion. Unfortunately, couldn't attend the 2019 World Championships because of the political tensions between his native Ukraine and Russia, where the tournament was hosted. Um, but he's he's the best in the division. So the, legitimacy, the legitimacy of that World Championship at middleweight was automatically, you know, under question. Uh, Gleb Bakshi, who is the world champion, uh, Russia's Gleb Bakshi, actually lost to Kisniak. Uh, I think it was about two, three months prior to the Worlds, so um, if there's any dispute as to who the real number one is in that division, it's still Kisniak, um, and ho hopefully he'll be able to um, put an exclamation mark on that in Tokyo. There's some other top guys as well, um, there's Abu Khan Amankul, um of Kazakhstan, Amankul is a really good fighter and I think he'll make a really good pro. Unfortunately he missed the 2019 World Championships himself, he was out injured with a shoulder injury. But he's returned now and he's starting to, to look like his old self as well. He's starting to pick up a bit of form and uh, get back or close to his best. I like Amankul. Um, he lost to Kisniak in the 2017 World Championship final. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily going to win gold, but he has a real shot and uh, I think he's a, he's a good bet to medal. Um, as well as that, we've got, as I mentioned, the 2019 World Champion Bakshi. He's young, he's a good fighter, and he very well could medal and stuff. I don't think he's going to take gold, but he's you know a threat in the division. And then there's the Philippines' Yumir Martial, um, who's, a, who's an interesting one. So he's turned pro recently, but he'll still be competing in Tokyo. And he was the silver medalist at the 2019 World Championships. Really fun, exciting fighter to watch. Super fast, great combinations, kind of blitzes in. Um, Defence is an afterthought, and he still hasn't realised that in boxing you can move your head, which led to him getting knocked down in the World Championship final. Um, and to be fair, I was quite disappointed that it didn't happen more often, mainly because at that level you'd kind of expect the fighters to pick up on his tendency to you know, enter uh, with his head on centre line and not punish him more for it. But he's fast and he's super fun. He's always entertaining to watch, uh, so I like him. He's another one who he lost to Kisniak earlier the year in the year in 27, uh, 2019. Uh, was disqualified, but he's a fun fighter, and I think him against Kisniak could be a really good fight. So yeah, a lot depends on Madrimov. Uh, so whether Israel Madrimov is going to compete or not, he'd be a really good addition, and I'd love to see him against Kisniak. That would be one of my top fights. We should have seen it uh, in 2017, but unfortunately Madrimov lost a controversial decision to Troy Isley of the USA, um, who ended up losing to Kisniak in the next round. Should have been Madrimov Kisniak, and that has the potential to be a really fun fight. Um, Madrimov's got the footwork and the angles to potentially cause issues for Kisniak and get away from his pressure. Um, could be a really good fight. So yeah, that's it's a good division, and I think there's a lot of good fights here. It's a shame that Arlen Lopez, who we'll talk about in a second, um, He's now moved up to light heavyweight because when he's on form, he'd have been another great addition. Um, but yeah, it's 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 nice and open. There's a Cuban representative um, who whose name eludes me. Um, get back, get get on me on Twitter, and uh, I'll find it for you. I can't be bothered to look for it now and take up time. Um, but he's going to be competing as well. He's green though um, because Lopez left a vacancy in the national team by moving up and it was filled uh, but he, the guy who filled it um, oh, you're Dennis someone or Eubigen Eubigen Martinez someone. no 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 that's the Colombian um, something like that but anyway um, he's um, he's not going to be you know challenging for gold realistically but he'll be a fun addition so the American um, I mentioned previously Troy Isley he has turned professional himself so he will not be competing um, at 75 kilograms in the uh, Olympics. Instead, we'll have Joseph Hicks of, of Grand Rapids in Michigan. Um, Hicks, realistically, isn't going to be causing too many issues at 75 kg. And it's a shame that Troy Isley um, wasn't able to 
stick around and compete in Tokyo. But it is what it is. So yeah, fun division. Prediction, I am going to pick Alexander Kizniak of the Ukraine to get an Olympic gold medal. And I think the final could very well be a man call. It could be Bakshi. It could be Madrimov. Um, but I'm ultimately, I'm picking Kizniak. So yeah, we're going to move on to the next one now, which is light heavyweight. <sighs> weak division. Really weak division. Um, Nadalatov, Bexad Nadalatov, is the champion. Um, he won in 2019 and had that famous victory over Julio Cesala Cruz in the semi-finals uh, in what was my fight of the year. Um, but he's vulnerable. He's not. He's he's certainly not uh, a dominant champion by any stretch of the imagination. And there's not really a dominant fighter in this division. Full stop. Um, so Nadalatov actually started off in the prelims. He wasn't even seeded um, for the um, for the uh, 2019 World Championships, and it was going to be a guy called Beck Nurma Gambet. Uh, Beck Nurma Gambet. I think that's how I pronounce his name correctly. Uh, but Nurma Gambet was going to be the original guy who represented um, Kazakhstan. And then late replacement was Nadalatov. And he shocked everyone. Had that really strong one uh, run to the World Championship crown. So now that Julio Cesar Cruz has moved up to heavyweight um, in order to accommodate Arn Lopez, the path is even more open for him. Nadalatov, he started to find uh, more consistency now. Um, his last loss was in 2019 against Eric Alchanov, and he's definitely started to to hit a bit of a consistent patch. Um, his last fight was against Nurbek Aralbe, who's like one of the young up and coming talents in Kazakh boxing, and he hasn't lost in a while. So he looks like he's finally started to um, find his feet and and actually have those consistent performances that were previously missing. He's 22 now, so he's, he's filled out and he's got the maturity that he didn't previously. Um, that being said, there's lots of other people in the division who, on at first glance, may, be potentially, uh, may potentially be challenging Nadalatov. But as I said, a lot of the guys in this division are inconsistent. So there's Dilshod Bet Ruzmatov. Ruzmatov was the World Championship silver medalist, lost in the final to Nadalatov. But unfortunately, he wasn't able to qualify for the Olympics. Um, so he crashed out in the Olympic qualifying tournament in, uh, in Asia. Uh, he lost a decision to, uh, I believe it was Paolo Alcuso. Um, Alcuso of Australia. And yeah, unfortunately, he wasn't able to... Um, to qualify he's had a couple of wins since then but um so it just shows you that even the guy who's considered the number two at the weight um it's an unpredictable division there really isn't a, a standout here um and then there's the interesting emergence of arlen lopez or and potential resurgence i should add uh, so lopez was the 2016 olympic champion at middleweight he's looked pretty lackluster since then um crashed out in 2017 world championships uh, and the 2019 world championships um, has notoriously had issues before with discipline um, and complacency, has put on a lot of weight. And yeah, he just hasn't set the world alight like he did in, in Rio, um, hasn't looked nearly the same fighter. But there's hope that this move to light heavyweight um, will potentially revive his career and we'll be able to see him back to his best. Time will tell, but the early indications are promising. So in the... Cuban National Selection Tournament in January, so a month ago, um, he was able to stop inside the distance two of the three opponents he faced, and he won the tournament at 81 kg. So there were good signs there, promising signs, but it remains to be seen. I'd like to see him compete in uh, a couple more bouts closer to the time, because obviously with the with the coronavirus pandemic and stuff, it's it's been hard on everyone, um, but especially concerning for these Cubans because they have a tendency to get out of their routines and potentially get lazy, put on weight, etc. Um, so it remains to be seen. But if he's at his best and returns to form, he could very well be the gold medalist. Um, it all does depend on how good he looks. But he's talented enough where if he's on his day, 
on his game, uh, he very well could take gold. There's also Benjamin Whitaker of, of Great Britain, who's coached by the wonderful Joby Clayton. Joby is a fantastic coach, and Whitaker is a lovely lad, very grounded, and knows his boxing, follows all the right um, Follows all the right stars, like looks at the Cuban amateur greats of years gone by for inspiration. And he's he's got his head on his shoulders. He's a great fighter. Was uh, was quite unlucky back in 2019. Not so much that he didn't deserve to sit, like a win decision, because he didn't. He lost to Ruzmatov in the semi-finals, but just wasn't quite ready. But hopefully the, the time and the experience, and I know Joby's kept him... Um, on the right track. Hopefully, he's more prepared now, and he can have a real run himself. I'm, uh, I'm hoping he can medal in uh, Tokyo and, and potentially, you know, be an outside shot for for gold. It's an open division, so don't be too surprised. And uh, the thing is with Whitaker as well. Um, I, I think he's probably alongside. I would probably put Pat McCormack and Pete McGrail as the number one and two for Great Britain. But I think Whitaker is just behind these guys. Um, as, as Those are our top three. I think McCormack is, is 1A, McGrail is 1B, and I'd put Whitaker at two. But I like him a lot, and I think he's going to make a really good pro. Um, he's had some good, interesting fights. Alongside Whitaker, there is Lorenzo Sotomayor. Um, Sotomayor has been around forever now. Um, well, it feels like it at least. Um, oh no, I'm getting it wrong. I always do this. So Sotomayor is the light welterweight, um, and it's Alfonso Alfonso Dominguez, um, who's who's the the light heavy. Sorry, I always get this wrong. Um, so Sotomayor and Alfonso Dominguez are both um, Cuban-born boxers who switched to Azerbaijan. I get them confused um, because they both made the switch to Azerbaijan. So yeah, Loren Alfonso Dominguez is the uh, the Cuban-born Azeri boxer who um, competes at light heavyweight. He won the European Games uh, at light heavyweight in 2019, beat Whitaker in the final, and he's a tricky fighter. Um, very much in the same mould as Julio Cesar La Cruz, um, a bit of a La Cruz light, you know, similar style and whatnot. And now that La Cruz has moved up to heavyweight, he's very much going to be filling in the La Cruz role. Um, he's awkward, he's he's difficult to look good against, and um, he's not as good as La Cruz, but he's another one who could potentially have a strong run um, and, and make the podium. Now, heavyweight, interesting one, because the inclusion of Julio Cesar La Cruz at this new weight is really interesting, um, and there's a lot of questions. How is La Cruz going to look? Will he be able to implement his style against these bigger guys who, um, you know, obviously hit harder and are more physical. Now, at his best, Le Cruz is very, very difficult to beat. But he's getting on now. He's um, He lost in the World Championships and was dropped against Nadalatov, as we mentioned. Um, and could this be a step too far this late in his career? Or will he be able to add a second gold medal in a, a second weight division? Um, at heavyweight remains to be seen. Um, there's been a he's had a couple of fights now at heavyweight in the Cuban national selection tournament, but his opposition was generally poor. Um, he fought pretty poor guys, so it's not necessarily a great reflection of the rest of the competition. But on his day, he can't be counted out. There's two other guys um, I would say who should uh, should you should watch out for. They are Muslim Gadzhi Magomedov of Russia who's the reigning world champion, 2019 world champion, and Vasily Levitt of Kazakhstan. Levitt is one of my favourites. Um, I feel super bad for him because he's constantly on the end of robberies. Um, should have been the reigning Olympic gold medalist. So he, he took silver in Rio, but was screwed over in the worst decision of the Olympic Games that year um, against Evgeny Tishchenko of Russia in the final. Terrible decision. Was also screwed over in the, in the semi-finals of the 2019 World Championships. Um, lost a disputed one to uh, Castillo and should have fought Gadzhi Magomedov in the final, but was once again uh, robbed. I'm a big fan of Levitt and 
I hope realistically that he goes one further. I think it would only be fair and I'd like to see him. He's getting on now, um, but I'd like to see him take gold. He, if anyone deserves it, it's Vasily Levitt. He's also a very good fighter. Um, he's very solid, great fitness and work rate, um, good pressure. And him against La Cruz is has the real possibility of being my most anticipated fight at the games. It could be a really great fight. Um, and if La Cruz is at his best, yeah, it's going to be absolutely cracking. I think right now I would pick Levitt to take gold in Tokyo. I think he is going to go one further. But you never know with Levitt because there's a real possibility that he's going to get screwed over by awful judging. Um, but yeah, La Cruz at heavyweight, because to be perfectly honest, this is a division that I don't particularly have much interest in. Um, but La Cruz being included um, definitely adds an element of intrigue to it. So I'm looking forward to that one. And last, um, as well as quite possibly least, is super heavyweight, uh, which is a very open division. I mentioned in a previous um, article that I wrote for the fight site that I'm not necessarily that keen on watching the heavies um, in amateur boxing, usually because the quality is quite poor. But there's a couple of guys to watch out for at super heavyweight. So it's a nice open division. The reigning world champion is Bakhodir Jalalov of Uzbekistan. Um, and the guy who's his biggest rival in this division is Kamshibek Kunkabayev. Um, so they have a, a bit of history, these two. Um, they've, they've shared four fights now, and I believe it's currently 3-1 to Jalalov in the series. So Kunkabayev beat Jalalov in the 2017 World Championships, but Jalalov beat him at the 2017 and 2019 Asian Championships and in the final of the 2019 World Championships. So these two have history, and um, it's bas they're basically the one and two of the division. Um, so don't be surprised if you see a, another matchup of between Jalilov and Kunkabayev in the final of Tokyo. Um, and Jalilov seems to have his number a bit now. Um, you, you'd fancy Jalilov, uh, who is going to be my pick in this division to win gold. There's a couple of others that are interesting, though, a couple of dark horses. So there's Justice Huni of Australia. Huni's a, an exciting young talent. Um, and I know a lot of people over in Australia are, are pretty keen on him. And, and rightfully so. He's exciting. He's uh, he's turned to pro, uh, the pros now, but he will also be competing in Tokyo, um, to my knowledge. And he looks good. Um, he, he looks good. He's pretty much beaten everyone in front of him. Um, has some strong wins over uh, America's Richard Torres um, back in back in 2016, um, and the only kind of couple um, of of question marks is he's had a few performances where he's won, um, but not emphatically as much. But but generally, a lot of the wins he's got have been have been inside the distance. Even so, he, he's a big puncher. Most recently, he lost in the Olympic qualifying tournament final to Jalilov, but it was a pretty cagey fight, and Jalilov couldn't really get much done with him. Um, so he gave Jalilov a tough, tough fight. He's lost to Fraser Clark and Kunkabayev, but they were both by walkover, so you can't really take anything from that. And, and Huni has a really good chance to medal um, in the super heavyweight division. I don't think he'll beat Jalilov, but he obviously gave him a tough night, and I wouldn't be surprised if he... Um, we potentially saw him in the in the final even. Um, but at the least, I'd be expecting him to get bronze. There's also the potential um, emergence of Dania Perot of Cuba. So Erislandi Savon, who you guys might be familiar with, he's been around the block for a long while now. And he is the he competed for Cuba at London 2012 and was robbed against eventual gold medalist Anthony Joshua in the final uh, in the first round. Um, he also competed in Rio, where he lost a close one to Vasily Levitt, um, which, to be fair, I thought Levitt deserved the decision, but it could have gone either way. Um, finally, proved good on his potential and took uh, 2017 World Championship gold at heavyweight. Now, Savon has notoriously been incredibly lazy. Um, he's, he's really sluggish. Um, has, has issues with motivation and stuff, and he, he blows up in weight in between tournaments. So he moved up to super heavyweight uh, in order to accommodate La Cruz at heavyweight. So basically, Lopez moving up has seen all of them move up one. Uh, but 
I don't think lockdown's necessarily been too kind to Savon uh, because at the national selection tournament a month ago, um, he lost, uh, he crashed out, um, and it is instead Dania Perot, who's a young, exciting talent, who will be representing Cuba. So it's a shame that Savon um, won't be building on his bronze medal that he got in, in Rio. Um, but as I said, you know, he has been inconsistent and I don't think that this lockdown would have suited him at all, uh, the current pandemic situation. Now, how good is Pero remains to be seen. Um, he's looked good. I've been impressed with him, but this is a step up for him. He's only 21 years old. He's clearly talented, um, but a lot of his competition has been exclusively against Cubans. Now, that's saying something because, you know, Cubans are always great. Um, but outside of, he, he beat um, Jose Lagerie, who uh, has been a staple at heavyweight for a, quite a while um, in the Cuban scene. He's got a couple of good wins as well against Ukraine's Viktor Vykerst, um, who's another one to watch out for in this division, actually. I don't necessarily think he's going to win or anything, but he's another one who could have a, a fairly strong run um, and he'd be a good win for anyone. So it remains to be seen whether um, Perro comes good and whether he really emerges. I'm not expecting him to like take gold and upset Jalilov or anything, but he's a good fighter and he could definitely spring an upset along the way. Um, he's got some good wins over America's Richard Torres, um, a split which could have arguably gone either way, really. Torres is another one to mention, so he's going to be America's representative at super heavyweight. Um, but you probably know Torres first and foremost, from his devastating knockout loss to Bakodir Jalilov in the 2019 World Championships. So it was probably the enduring video of the tournament. Jalilov um, put Torres on his, uh, on his ass, knocked him out cold, um, and everyone was in uproar saying, oh, pros shouldn't be allowed to compete against amateurs, it's men against boys. Which, you know, fair enough, each to their own. Um, I disagree with that idea. Well, I disagree with pros being in amateur boxing, but for other reasons. Um, I don't think... That in particular is a particularly strong argument uh, for why they shouldn't. But um, yeah, he's a good fighter, Torres. Um, but ultimately, I think it's he, he's only 21 and I still think it's going to be um, a bit too much too soon for him um, in Tokyo. But it's a week, it's not a particularly strong division. So don't be too shocked. Uh, as always, it depends on the draw. Fraser Clark is another one. Um, he was controversially... Um, beaten in the 2019 World Championships. So he got the nod over Babanin, uh, the home favourite of Russia. Babanin is... Oh, I can't stand Babanin. Looks like a testicle. Perfectly spherical. No, not particularly good boxer or whatever. Um, and the Russian team protested the result and it got reviewed and overturned. Um, which, regardless of how you fight, fought the fight, went uh, and who you fought won, um, that's irrelevant. What annoys me about that is if it was the other way around and the, the Russian had got the decision and then Team GB appealed, do you realistically think that the appeal would have uh, been granted and the result would have got overturned against the Russian in Russia? No, it's bollocks. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. So for this particular division, I'm going to be picking Bakadir Jalilov to take gold. But I wouldn't be too surprised if Kunkabayev doesn't necessarily make it to the final. He might. I could see him potentially losing along the way. But um, I mean, the smart money is on a Jalilov Kunkabayev rematch in the final. Another fight between them. But I wouldn't rule out Kunkabayev potentially falling short before then. Um, we could we could see Justice Huney do some really good things, or or even Perro. Um, you know, it depends where he's at. So yeah, that's pretty much every division. Um, and I, I've got a couple of questions about who are guys to look out for from Team GB and uh, Team USA, because obviously that's a lot of our audience on this podcast. Um, and as I kind of mentioned, Pat McCormack, Pete McGrail and Benjamin Whitaker for Team GB. And for Team USA, they're pretty threadbare, unfortunately. Um, I don't see Team USA getting any golds uh, this time around in the Olympics. I think it's very, very, very unlikely. And uh, honestly, I'd be quite surprised pleasantly surprised if they were able to medal this time around in the Olympics. And it's a shame because the current um, the current USA head coach, Barry Walsh, who uh, used to um, 
used to be the head coach and director of, of Ireland's boxing programme. He's done a really good job, but they've just been very unlucky with the circumstances that I talked about at the start of the podcast. So Duke Reagan um, not being at his best for the qualifying tournament, Mark Castro falling ill during the qualifying tournament, Keyshawn Davis pulling out to turn pro, same as Troy Isley. So a lot of the guys who were considered the you know the good American amateurs have unfortunately made the switch, um, and it's a real shame. Uh, I, I hope it doesn't reflect too badly on on Barry Walsh because as I said I think he's done a really good um, I think he's done a really good job over and um, over in the states. So yeah, I um, ult- ultimately I'm gonna probably round this off here because um, I don't want to spend too much time. Um, going through this I want to try and make this podcast nice and accessible Um, but yeah I hope you guys have enjoyed this and I will be answering any more questions that are currently um, remaining from the first week on next week's podcast so I hope you guys enjoy this I hope it was informative and if you have any questions be sure to at me on twitter at taylor on sport dm me tweet me do whatever you need and stay safe guys remember to wear your masks And I will see you next week. I hope you've enjoyed. Thanks. Bye.